Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. My name is Yasmin Evian, and joining me are Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Yasmin, I have to stop you. Some giant breaking news. It's not really breaking news. It <gasps> happened quite a while ago. But there's a motor of roller event coming. Someone told us that you're a massive uh, Moto fan, and I believe something's happening Woo! on July the 28th. Do you do you have any inside info on this? I do not have any inside info, but I am pretty excited. I saw their event, um, their like ad on their website, and it talks about being in a relationship with our phone, and it ends with like a better mobile relationship. It's on its way. So I'm pretty excited to see what that means, if that means more uh, context-related stuff, kind of on the phone and just kind of see. I'm excited. Um, so last year when I got my Moto X and I happened to get it around the same time that I got my my Zen watch and my husband made a joke. He's like, so I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks, am I? <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're probably not going to be seeing me for a while because, you know, I love to play with new technology and just kind of explore what it can do. So I'm, you know, I'm probably going to not be seeing my husband for a while because, you know. Because <laughs> you've got a brand new relationship with your phone. What, what are you into <laughs> yeah, husband for? Exactly. Please? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Motorola is going to say, like, there's going to be, like, pop-up notifications that are saying, do you really need that other significant other? Why don't you just spend time with me? <laughs> I noticed you put me down for 10 minutes. What was that about? <laughs> yeah. You meant to carry me everywhere yeah, you go. Yeah. Come on, Yasmin. <laughs> I'm your friend. I see. Yeah. Sorry, I just made Motorola sound creepy. I didn't, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, the ad is kind of creepy. Uh, I don't know if you read it, Russell. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's true, right? We're like so connected to our phones. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little uh, headstrong, Motorola. Yeah, you, you, you know, never know with maybe. them as well. Like um, I I always get excited by their announcements, and sometimes they're I don't know how to put this, but not so great. And other times they're just like amazing. Like sometimes they'll just bring out some new like Moto G or something. I'm like yeah, the Moto G is a nice phone, but I'm not really interested in that. And every now and again, like when I saw the 2014 Moto X, I'm like yes, yes, I could like customize it and I can put like leather on the back. I love this. So I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So. I believe this week we have some uh, special guests. We have a very special episode for you today. We have two very special guests, Andrew Bunner and Akshay Cannon from the nearby team at Google. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, Glad guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have you on. Thanks for uh, for coming by. We'll just pretend like we have a uh, yeah, big we're... studio here and people have just wandered in. Like, hey, oh, you guys, come on our show. <laughs> you should totally be on today. <laughs> yeah, we. Were, I mean, I was just on... On my way to the Seven Eleven, and uh, I saw this strange character on the street, and thought, "Well, why not? I'll be in a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? And you're about to find out. You answered That's the right. Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we thought we'd have you um, two on the show because you're from the um, the nearby team, something that just launched recently last week, and we we thought it'd be interesting to ask you, you know, a few questions about that. You know, find out how the launch went, find out some of the you know, the things that went on behind the scenes, I just find out some more general details. So I guess probably a good starting point is can one of you give us, you know, a fairly high-level overview of what Nearby actually is for people that don't know? Yeah, we were just talking on the way over about the best way to explain it to to a non-technical audience. And what we sort of arrived at is Nearby is a way for application developers to build a proximity experience inside their app where their apps can take advantage of the users being like physically near each other. And to sort of like uh, make that more concrete, like right now, if we were to develop like a multiplayer game or something, um, the typical way that you'd handle like inviting another player to the game is you'd scroll through like a buddy list or you'd like type in the other person's email address or something like that. And with nearby, you can just see the other person who's nearby and in the game and then tap them and get in. So that's that's the type of experience that developers can build. So it's it's really kind of about reducing friction and leveraging proximity and, and it's about physical proximity so if someone's three rooms over that's not sort of what's covered it's just people in the, the same physical space as me is that right well there uh there's actually a couple options um the first option is like about 100 feet and that's that's kind of like the default range uh but we we built this crazy thing that's a ultrasonic modem uh using the speakers and the microphones on the devices and that has a, a much more restricted range so that brings it down to about five feet or so and it doesn't go through walls, uh, which is, you know, different than radio technologies, which do. 
And the, and the idea is, as a developer, you can specify which technology you want to use when, when you call the API to, to control that ranging for yourself based on the experience. As a developer, can they specify that I only want people that are within line of sight, like that are within five feet? Or can you say, base, or, or do they get what they get? Yeah, so the, the line of sight thing is tough uh, because the way the properties of sound, like how sound travels, is it will sort of bounce around the room uh, and it's it's not like strictly linear. So at, at least today, we don't have the technology to say like only the people in a straight line in front of me. But but to answer... Uh, to answer your question, yeah, there's uh, basically you could specify if you want to do things within just earshot or if you want to allow for radio range as well. So those are kind of the two levels of control we provide yeah. is one is just using audio, the other is using the radios. Right. Like if you're doing a multiplayer game, you just want your friend who's in the, the room with you to play with you. You don't necessarily want to invite people who are two offices over <laughs> at, at your company. Uh, right, right, right. We do give the developers that option, right? And they, right. they sort of specify explicitly in the API which which they want. That's excellent. And I guess the other thing from an overview perspective is, can you just quickly tell us what your roles were on the nearby team? I guess it's not were, it's are. You're probably still there. You haven't been kicked off yet, have you? <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> Akshay, you want to go first? Sounds good. Uh, so I'm, I'm a product manager for the team. Uh, what that basically means is I, I work across uh, engineering, design, uh, marketing, legal, all these sort of parts of Google to coordinate the launch and help us go out the door. Uh, and I'm the engineering lead, so um, gosh, all the building, I guess, the the building of it. So, I mean, we have like a big team supporting us. This is not like just Akshay and I uh, who put this thing together. There's actually people uh, way smarter than me who did like the hard parts, um, uh, but sort of organizing the engineering effort around it and like finding the sort of internal and external partners. Uh, I, that was that was part of my job. I just I, I love these basic questions about like how what was the idea that really started this off? What it's it's it seems like something that can be applied in a whole bunch of different ways, but what was the dream that you were trying to achieve with this? Yeah, so, it was it was actually more modest than um, what we in, ended up with. Uh, so it, it began maybe two year, two years ago. Uh, I was in the the Google Plus part of the company uh, and working on the the Google Plus mobile app and. Uh, at the time, you know, I was brainstorming with some other engineers of, you know, how can we make this application more mobile? We didn't feel like we were leveraging the the fact that we were on a mobile phone and not on a desktop, and we were sort of like looking at all the sensors on the phone and saying like, how could we use this to do something creative and fun and set ourselves apart? And we we see that like, all right, there's like two microphones and there's two cameras and there's NFC and there's Wi-Fi and there's Bluetooth and there's GPS and there's like all these things, and. Uh, it, it sort of like began from that thought process. And our, our original idea was actually not all that compelling. Um, but what we did was we sort of iterated from there of this like germ of like what social thing could we do inside of that application? And we broadened it out to how could we make this something more like generally useful to people who want to build sort of whatever experience they want. Well, we're not prescriptive about, about what it is. And, uh, and that's where we ended up with this, this like publish subscribe API that, that we have now. Um, which, you know, let's, uh, just to drop a name here, uh, it lets the Pocket Cast app, for example, oh, that's, like share that's podcasts. That's another 100 bucks. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of the vision for the, the whole thing and, and what, what we really want to power by, by building this API is just the idea of you being able to go up to a device and, or go up to anything else and just be able to interact with it by virtue of being near it. And that's sort of the, the, the vision that we see for the future. And so this is kind of the the first step to really get us to that space of just devices knowing what's around them and building these more magical experiences just because you're near something else. And uh, that's, yeah, that's that's what, that's a vision for the team. Like just right now, Akshay and I have probably like one, two, three, four, five, like maybe six smart devices around us. Uh, yeah. And by default- We're, we're just your average users. Yeah, well, it was, it's funny when <laughs> to the, the video, I just saw like all these phones and devices being removed from pockets. I felt like I was in the Wild West where you had to put like your guns on the table before you, you, know, you enter it. I'm like, no, the other gun as well. Yeah, no, the other gun. Come on, all the guns. <laughs> but I do think there's something to it. Like a lot of users have multiple devices. Like they might have a smartwatch, they have a phone, they may have a tablet, they have a laptop, maybe in their living room and they've got like a smart TV. And, you know, by and large, these devices are sort of like islands or silos and they're not aware of each other. Uh, and so we really want to change that. We think users can have better experiences uh, if their devices kind of work together when they are together. And, and that's, it, it was that sort of thinking that um, led to the collaboration with uh, the Chromecast team. And so 
But what you might not know is that the the nearby technology that powers the uh, this amazing feature in Pocket Casts is really the same technology that powers the uh, guest mode in Chromecast. And so, uh, just for your listeners, the way that that works is uh, you guys can come over to my house, and without me giving my Wi-Fi password, uh, you can use my Chromecast. And it only works if you're in the same room as my Chromecast. You can't do it from outside my house because that would be a massive rickrolling opportunity. <laughs> but if you're in my house and in my living room, then what we do is we use sort of a combination of like Wi-Fi and then we have the television emit a, a sort of a secret code over ultrasound, over the speakers of the television. And then when the phone picks that up, it knows like, ah, yes, I really am near that Chromecast and we can trust that they're in the same room. And that's what enables the cast session. Well, so were we? So with that feature with, uh, with Chromecast, are we looking at... Uh, the status of this new uh, this new developer research, excuse me, this new developer resource, uh, an early stage of it, or is it just part of the hey, we have this basic technology, let's build it out one way for Chromecast, let's build it out another way as something that developers can use. I mean, how 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 quickly do these ideas sort of saturate throughout Google products? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, Google's a is a big company, uh, and there's. There's more things going on here than like even we know, and we've we've like been here a while. Uh, <laughs> I always thought it was just so, you two. I mean, the only two people I've met. So. <laughs> right, right, right. We so, are Google. <laughs> after this, we got to go answer some search queries. Um, so there's there's a process where like once you have sort of like the the uh, the beginning of an idea, and you have like a uh, something that sort of shows this is feasible, uh, you go around and talk to other teams and say, hey, like you know, what can we do with this, or could this be useful to you? Um, and the Chromecast was one of the early teams who said, yeah, we've got this problem. We want to enable this feature. This could make it possible. Wow. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was like one of our you know, kind of early wins as a team. Uh, another one is the, um, the Play Games team, where they have this nearby players feature that's you know, almost exactly the multiplayer uh, feature I was, I was talking about earlier. Um, and they, again, said, like, you know, we've got this problem. We want to you know, give our users these features. We've heard about nearby. You know, could we work together? That's pretty awesome. Now, like, so I'm just an average user that doesn't have six phones in her pocket. Like, what am I going to be ex- excited about? Like, what what about nearby would get me really excited? Yeah. So uh, I guess, like, for, for, for most of our users who have one device, uh, kind of the exciting use cases there, uh, there's definitely things like cross-device collaboration. So if you and a couple of your friends... Uh, want to start collaborating on on anything together at, when you're near each other, share stuff with each other, uh, compare podcasts with each other. Uh, this is all all the kinds of stuff you can do uh, with other people with their mobile phones. Uh, so that's collaboration is one set of use cases that we really want to power. Uh, there's things like cross device cases. So you may only have one phone, but you may also have your Chromecast in the room, or you may have something on your TV or maybe something on, on your tablet or something on some other device and you just want to move things across these different types of devices. And those are also scenarios where, uh, where Nearby can help you. Um, and, and really, like, you know, as, definitely as Andrew was saying, we, we've built a lot of the, like, the, the whole point of us releasing this technology to, to developers is we want to see what people will do with it. Uh, it's kind of just the, the underlying technology is there for you to be able to let devices communicate with each other when they're near each other and uh, we're, we're putting it out there really to see the, the creative kinds of stuff that, that people can, can up, come up with using that. Yeah, just, just to build on that, like if we look at some of the other um, early partners that we uh, work with, um, uh, Trello, for example, has uh, it's a to-do list app. And they have a notion of like sharing to-do lists w- with people so that I can give Akshay some things to do and he can give, give me some things to do. And uh, Nearby makes that sort of sharing much easier. And their experience that they built is very different than what our other partners built. Uh, another example is EDJing, which is a like a, a DJ app for like playing music basically and mixing songs. And the experience they built was uh, the DJ sort of shares their uh, playlist, all the tracks that they're going to play. And then people who are at the party vote on them. And the DJ sees like, oh, this track has four votes. Let me like move that up in the queue. And so you know, we're really interested, like Akshay said, to see what do people build with this. Yeah, I'm interested too. I want to go to one of these parties where I can just vote my uh, favorite tracks <laughs> up. So yeah. you you mentioned that it's been a, a, a roughly like a two year process so far. Did you have anything along the way where it sort of changed, or you know, you had some epiphany that shone down on you, or something happened that you're like, oh, I never thought of that that you kind of incorporated in, or or is it like the vision you had originally is what you ended up with now? 
multiple uh, incompatible epiphanies along the way, uh, <laughs> I, I think is a, a fair characterization. Um, yeah. Yeah, each, I, I feel like each, each sort of quarter with each sort of like um, integration or partnership, we would learn something new and realize like, ah, wait, we need to go over here. Uh, and and I mean that's true even now. Like we're, you know, we're still learning things, and I think this is uh, like a good first step that we're really proud of. Um, but you know, when we go back, you know, internally, we talk about like, you know, the state of things and what we want to do next. Like there's a long list. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. So, what I mean was, it sounds like a in terms of technical challenges, like it's it seems quite complex to you know tie all these sensors together on different devices. Is is there like a, a team somewhere like in a basement that's like really depressed right now having to try and like integrate all these things or was it a fairly <laughs> smooth sort of process? Uh, you know, this might be a fun time to talk about the the audio piece. That I mean, that was one of the hardest pieces to, to get right. We, so we have a um, like a cabinet uh, that's full of Android devices and iOS devices um, that's about yay thick uh, on every drawer. And I'm holding my hands maybe six inches deep. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's like, you know, three feet back and six inches deep and, you know, five feet wide, you know, multiple drawers full of devices. And we had to test uh, our technology on each one of these and sort of see, like, you know, what works, what doesn't. And little things can really change the performance characteristics. Like, uh, sometimes the speaker is on the back of the phone or there was one phone where, uh, you know, the the Bluetooth driver, like, didn't work the way we thought it worked. And we had to do something very special for that particular model. Uh, so we had we had a period where uh, we were partnering with a, a QA group who, like, generously supplied us resources. Uh, and these folks were going out every day for, you know, hours collecting audio samples where one side would, one person would play our little ultrasound, the other person would capture it, and they'd go in a cafeteria or a meeting room or outside <laughs> or like in the bathroom or like, you know, wherever, <laughs> and like with different background uh, noises and different sort of echo characteristics. And, and that took a while to get right. And we would send these recordings like over to our researchers and our researchers would put them through MATLAB and scratch their heads and say like, ah, I think we need to tweak our algorithm this way. And, uh, you know, that was... It was an involved process. It wasn't like an overnight thing. That took a lot of time to polish. And, and um, I assume you guys volunteered for the Hawaii part of that. Yeah, you're like, we've got to test this in like a nice sort of warm <laughs> <Yeah>. climate. <laughs> we, we have to see how the, the calming breeze and the sound of the ocean affects the, the underlying audio. But it's, it's, it's definitely interesting that you have to test on so many different devices. Like when I, when I first heard about Nearby being defined, um, I, it's not that I was skeptical at all, but uh, your your first default thought when you think about how about a technology that allows you to sense the presence of other devices in a persistent way, maybe your first thought is going to be Bluetooth LE. Uh, the, what, is, what does the ultrasonics give you that uh, that Bluetooth doesn't bring to the party? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, Bluetooth Low Energy is a really a great technology for solving this problem. Android uh, got the ability to advertise over Bluetooth Low Energy in Lollipop. And so for those who don't know, there's sort of two sides of Bluetooth Low Energy. One side is scanning, which is all about detecting the sort of like advertisements or pulses from other devices. And the other side is making this pulse or making this advertisement that sort of declares, I am here. And in Jelly Bean uh, MR2, I think, uh, that's when we got the ability to scan. So that's been there for a while. But the advertising component, which you really need, wasn't there until just recently. And uh, that so doesn't have great, great penetration yet uh, across the Android ecosystem. And so that was one reason why we wanted to look at something else. And then the other reason is we really wanted to be able to tell a cross-platform story where something that, something that worked across iOS and Android. Mm. And so if you have like, a, like an ICS Android phone, ice cream sandwich, or like uh, even a KitKat Android phone uh, that can't advertise over Bluetooth Low Energy... How can it talk to the iOS device? And ultrasound was one of like the the only things that we could come up with where you could get something across the air gap between the devices. <laughs> and and also just just to build on top of that, like the the vision with nearby is we really wanted to build something that works everywhere. So not even just with phones, but with devices like Chromecast, with guest mode, and obviously with your TV. Um, and when with Chromecast, given the technology that's on there, we really have to rely on on ultrasonic audio as our way to communicate between the TV and your phone. Um, that and also an, another added advantage that we really get out of ultrasound is just being able to restrict range. Because uh, the thing is, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, uh, 
people could eavesdrop on you or join your communications if they're a few rooms away. But one of the really really nice things with ultrasound is it has this great property of it's it doesn't go through walls and it's it's constrained to the the room in which you're in. Uh, so kind of the way in which we describe it internally is like you you can share things the way that you would talk, and it, and that that's one of the properties of ultrasound that that made it really cool for for using with nearby. It's worth also saying that this these things that we've chosen they're not the only ways to solve this problem. Uh, you know QR codes like do solve the problem of like uh, co presence uh, neatly. It's just that it's sort of hard to like get the things to focus, to get the camera to focus on the other device. Right. And if you're in like a low-light environment, it's difficult and might be socially awkward. NFC is another possibility. Uh, you know, we looked at that as well. And so, you know, we're, we're sort of like open-minded about, uh, you know, ways to do this, but we think we picked the right first set of, of technologies. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes that's part of the user interface too? Because I, I love technologies like uh, like the one that you've chosen because it really is just magic. It's like you don't have to like you, know, you don't have to do the thing that always makes you feel like your elderly relative, where it's like, look, I, I'm waving the phone in front of the thing I want to connect to. Wait, do you do you see it yet? It's, it's wonderful when you have this magical experience where it just happens to know that the, that your this device is within range and it asks if you want to connect. There's but uh, one of the lovely things about NFC is that I suppose there's some interactions where you you would like to have that sort of deliberate. I'm taking this device. I'm tapping it on top of that device, and I'm I'm fully in control of this connection. Is is that some of the, some of the things that you were you had to think about when you were building this? Yeah, uh, you know, particularly we did we did a collaboration with um, the uh, the auth team, uh, which was responsible for doing things like the the tap and go bootstrapping of a new phone. So if you right. if you, I love you know, buy a new I, Android phone. And, the first time I used that, I'm like, I'm being shot for a movie. This is a movie prop that would it would never be this simple in real life. You just want to condense ten minutes of, of futzing around with one simple thing that looks good on video. Fine, I'll comb my hair. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, in that case, like the the tapping actually does sort of like it sort of fits into that user flow in a, in a nice way. So I think there are some use cases where that makes sense. Yeah, I think, as you said, there are cases where you want to express a really strong intent that you're doing something. Like payments are another example with like Google Wallet, where you tap your phone up to a reader and can make a payment using that. So I I think it's definitely, there's certain cases where where NFC makes the most sense, and there's certain cases where nearby is nice, Uh, especially with like things like nearby enables new interactions, like one-to-many devices and uh, kind of different interactions that we couldn't do before with with uh, more gesture based interactions like NFC. So it's there's definitely a time and a place for for also all these different interactions, really. So you kind of described it as having a conversation uh, with someone. What happens if I don't want to talk to that person? Like you know, Andy's right next to me, and he's like, "Yasmin, Yasmin, come on, I want to talk to you." And just like Andy, I need some space. We're, you know, we're supposed to discuss these things in our private Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think basically uh, the, the the way that the that nearby is set up today is uh, everyone who's using it. Uh, we all have to be in the same app. Uh, we have to be doing the same activity together. And there's really this strong intent expressed that hey, we actually want to work together, and I actually want to talk to these people. Uh, and I, I think another thing that we found that's been really nice just internally is because, uh, you know, when we restrict things to audio range, uh, it only works when we're in earshot of each other and when we're within a few feet. So it means if Andrew is like using nearby messages to publish things to me uh, and I don't want him to, I can just turn him around to him and I can see him on his phone and I can say, hey, Andrew, uh, could you stop? Right. <laughs> Which he does on a, a daily basis. I'm constantly trolling him with our technology. <laughs> So I, you know, there's another uh, another kind of fun thing that we, we've learned so much um, on this sort of like journey, like building this thing. A- and so my background actually is mostly like backend server side programming. And so this has been like a crash course in not just like mobile development, like Android frameworks and so on, but like the sensors and radios and like firmware on the devices, uh, and you know, crazy things like the acoustic chamber that the MEMS like microphone is like set inside. Uh, I, I had no idea like how much depth there was in such a thin little device. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> so, you know, as a, uh, you know, as an example, 
you know, one of our sort of like early experiments was we were kind of wondering like, well, I wonder if we could use like the signal strength of the um, of BLE to sort of like restrict the range in the same way we were doing with audio. And so we captured all this data and we were doing all these graphs and, we, you know, we tried all these different things. And we found that uh, like a really simple thing, like whether your phone is in your front pocket or your back pocket would like radically change our like distance estimate. And it's because <laughs> you're. This is not a comment <laughs> on how big your butts are, everybody. <laughs> Google's just being thorough. Facade. <laughs> Although, I mean, right, it's, for, it's all for science. In uh, fact, the American build of this <laughs> it goes exclusively to Wi Fi. <laughs> right. We had to change the calibration settings. No, no, no. no. The, 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 look, the reason for this is that, like, the human body is mostly water and. You know, Bluetooth low energy operates in this 2.4 gigahertz range, and that's that's the same frequency that your microwave uses, um, and it's, it uses that because you know water absorbs this frequency, and uh, it, you know, so less of like the signal gets through, and so it makes it look like you're farther away. So all these things were things that like you know I at least have, have learned in the process of building it, and it's been just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, the the, the idea with nearby is we we've gone through a lot of this uh, uh, painstaking process of testing on on different devices, uh, and, and like the the end goal of this is we want to build something that works everywhere, and and that's that's why we're launching this as part of Play Services works all the way down to Gingerbread. Uh, that that's what all the the testing was for. So, so wh- while we're talking about um, different devices, so obviously. You've you've got Android devices. You mentioned iOS is supported as well, mm-hmm. and yes, is, is, are there other platforms as well? I mean, you mentioned Chromecast. Is there anything for the web or? What? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Well, so let let let's let's say this. Uh, so <laughs> we use this suite of technologies, uh, and there are other devices other than the ones that we've targeted so far that have some set of those technologies on them. So it's conceivable that. Um, that some parts in nearby could work on those devices. Actually, uh, something we should mention is uh, I, I don't know if uh, listeners are familiar with Google Tone. Uh, no, but I'm it's not, actually not even familiar ex- with that. What's, what's Google Tone? Uh, it's an experimental Chrome extension that we launched uh, earlier this year, and uh, it's on the Chrome Web Store. Uh, it was kind of a quiet launch. It was something that we put out out of our research team, and it was actually uh, a lot of the, the the same research team that built the technology behind Nearby. And uh, Google Tone is a is a Chrome extension. It uses uh, a, a, a lot of the same technology that Nearby uses and the same underlying APIs. Uh, it allows you to broadcast links from your laptop over audio. Uh, so the idea is you tap a button on your Chrome browser. It it sends it uses both the ultrasonic token that Nearby uses as well as an audible sound, uh, and it sounds like a bunch of robot uh, kind of dings right now. It's like a musical sounding tone. Uh, sort of R2D2. We use the basically any laptops that are within earshot of the laptop that you're sharing that URL from and have the Google Tone extension installed can pick up that page and, and see it on their devices. Um, that's so that's cool. one example of how we've brought nearby technology to the, to the web uh, as a Chrome extension. Nice. Actually, this is, this is probably a good spot to take a quick break. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code MATERIAL and you'll get 10% off at checkout. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands and take away the pain points like worrying about hosting, scaling or what to do if you get stuck on something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. There's no coding required. They have intuitive and easy-to-use tools. You can make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Their site templates are stunning to look at, and they all feature responsive web design so that if users are viewing your website on different devices, it'll always look good. But this is just getting started. Squarespace has tons of other awesome features. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you. Squarespace's commerce platform allows you to add stores so you can sell things on your Squarespace site. There's a cover page to build great-looking single-page websites, and it's rock-solid and fast hosting. And if you want to stretch Squarespace even further, the developer platform is now out of beta and available to everyone. And they've added even more functionality to the platform, allowing you to take your Squarespace site further than ever before. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called, Squarespace plans start from as little as just $8 a month. So you can start this today. There's no credit card required. 
you can start building your website instantly just by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code material to thank them for supporting our show and get your 10% discount with your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build up beautiful. I guess one interesting thing about Nearby is it's it's obviously like a you know a product that come, comes out of Google. Does that change how you tell the story? Like I, I know there are there are some people out there that um, you know view Google very favorably, and there's other people out there that are a little bit you know cautious about the the reach that Google has. Does that affect how you kind of introduce this technology to the world? Like, did you guys sort of consider that? Yeah. So so one thing that actually uh, was pretty awesome about working on Nearby is is we actually we ha- we had a lot of freedom to kind of build our our charter wasn't really. Uh, it, our charter was really to to build something to that developers want to use, and that was really our our end game and and what what we were expected to build internally. Uh, so really, what we could optimize for is how can we build a piece of technology that's as useful as we could possibly make it. Uh, and and you'll notice like that the things with nearby is there's there's no need to to sign in with a Google account to use it. Uh, and there's, you know, there's, there's really, there, there isn't a lot of association with Google other than the fact that it works on Android, uh, and and it even works on iOS because we found that developers ultimately want this to work across Android and iOS for it to be really useful because developers have apps on both Android and iOS, and people have Android and iOS, and even though you know you can pick your friends, you can't pick what what operating system they run on their phones, so. Uh, kind of the you know we with nearby we we had a lot of freedom to <laughs> oh come to on build, I'm like, sure you've tried every now and again to pick the operating system <laughs> on your friends' phones <laughs> why do you use that it's a better way no. <laughs> I, another I, like another thing is is Google is really thoughtful uh, about the the products that it launches because like we understand that they have like such a a broad footprint that so they could have the potential to have such a big impact. Like a startup could like try a bunch of things and sort of like throw them to the wall and see what sticks. And there's not there's not really huge consequences to getting it wrong. Whereas for Google, if we if we take a bad misstep, uh, like it actually does have like consequences for the company. And, and so for that reason, you know, we worked with a lot of people to sort of refine our thinking and like you know really think carefully about what the runtime permission model would be and what that what that would say. Uh, and th- I think those are all things that are maybe unique to to being at Google. That if we were at a smaller company, uh, you know, the project might have been like run differently. But the advantage of of being at Google is we have these resources to test on these like you know hundreds of devices and to you know have this like large impact where lots of developers can benefit from it and lots of users can so benefit. From I've got to know: was there ever a uh, Breaking Bad moment where you've just got this f- stack of phones, you know, four foot deep that you're just lying back on, going ah? Oh. No. Okay, so that's a spoiler. I'm only on season two, and <laughs> it's all right. That's not a crucial plot point for anyone that's just okay. super worried. I I just met Saul Goodman, and I'm like, oh, I love this character. This is great. And my and my friends are like, okay, well, let me not tell you the rest of it. Well, at the end, what happens? No. Uh, <laughs> um, no, we, we've had yeah, we we have had moments where like we you. You know, you walk into a meeting, and you get ready to start the meeting, and the first thing you do is you take out all your phones from your pocket, and it is like there's just an array of devices like everywhere because you've got oh, we're, we're, here's the Android M device that's like you know an early build, and then here's my like Android L device, and here's my other test device that's running you know whatever. I, I think also with nearby in particular because it works across many devices and it's not really useful on just one device. Uh, it was pretty normal for everyone on that team to just walk around with a, a collection of phones in their pocket. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I, I actually have a, a hole in uh, in this pocket of my jean right now just because of all the all the devices that I've carried in here at the same time. I have to wear a belt. The weight of the phones. <laughs> Special utility belt issued by Google. <laughs> Give uh, Android Wear a whole new meaning. <laughs> I want you, you guys to lead. The, I want Google to lead the pack and standardize one of those Chewbacca bandoliers for devices. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, like that. I, would, I would be like on the Google Play Store with fifty dollars, almost as quickly as I could get my wallet out. Oh, I like that. We got to pitch that internally. Yeah, shut is, up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, what are some of the interesting things that you see nearby doing in the short term? Hmm. Uh, well, th- so I guess there's a, there's a few sort of like classes of uh, of use cases. Um, so collaborative sessions we think are really interesting. Uh, so for example, I mean like if you look at uh, like docs today or there, there's um, 
there's several apps that let you do sort of like collaborative editing sessions. And while nearby is not for the like the real time you know piece of that, but the getting together piece where we all decide like, okay, we're all going to work on this document together. Like that's something that we think this API can really make a lot easier. Uh, there's there's another kind of the gaming category is also something we think is pretty interesting. Uh, so the obvious one is starting a multiplayer game, but there, there's other things like you know I I, I looked a little bit at uh, Nintendo has a technology called Street Pass, um, and that particular technology is a little bit more passive, but it it sort of gets you thinking that there could be opportunities for things like uh, you know trading cards in some sort of like you know card based game with someone who's nearby, uh, or like you know visiting their house when they're nearby in some sort of like virtual world. So. I, I think there's kind of like a lot of creative things that developers are going to be able to do with this. And our hope is that we've made it easy enough that they can just explore them and see if, if they you know if they stick. So if, if I'm a developer, let's pretend, and maybe I actually am sometimes, or I, I try <laughs> to be, um, where, you know, where, where should I go to find out more? Like what, what kind of things am I looking at and what do I need to integrate into my app? Like is there some external libraries that I need to add or how does, how does it all work? Yeah, uh, so it's developers.google.com slash nearby. Uh, has our development docs for getting started. Uh, Those docs are going to go live as soon as the nearby APIs uh, go out to Google Play services, which will be rolling out in the coming weeks as part of the 7.8 update. Uh, so that's everything is going to be on our on our developer site, including uh, sample code, uh, how you call the API, uh, sort of best practices for calling the API, and all of, all of that kind of information. And on iOS, it's available as a uh, as a CocoaPod. Oh, nice CocoaPods! I like that. Yep. <laughs> Probably about half our like listeners have no said, idea what they're talking about, but for the other half who are developers, oh, yeah. there you go. That's that's how you get involved. Yeah, it's like a nice way to pull in an external library into your your iOS app. Yeah, uh, but like, as Ashley was saying, developers like Google.com slash nearby is really like the the sort of homepage in air quotes for nearby. Do you often have problems like that, given the open nature of Android and the closed nature of iOS? You built something great that's easiest pie to implement on Android, but now you got to figure out how to make it in a develop it in a fashion that Apple will approve it for the App Store. Um, so it's not the approval that's that's really the the issue. It's that uh, Android ha- offers developers like so much more freedom in terms of what they can do, uh, whereas yeah. iOS is there's a lot of things that just are simply not available at all. Like I cannot do a Wi-Fi scan on iOS at all. That that's just not a feature that they offer, uh, and like that we find those sorts of things uh, more limiting than like you know app review. So I mean, like, uh, what's uh, what's another one? So on on Android, you can like run an, a service in the background. You can uh, you know do things like turn on Bluetooth if it was off. You sort of have like all these you know other capabilities that uh, on iOS like you know they just don't exist. And so yeah. like th- those are the kind of constraints that we really feel. It's it's kind of fascinating because not not, not only that, but you, there's also the fundamental advantage you guys have in that you can knock on somebody's door uh, in another in another office saying, "Hi, we both work for the same company. I would like the operating system to to support this on a fundamental level, or I would like you to tell me how I can make this feature work." Whereas you really, I'm betting you can't do that at Apple. So, so one thing, one thing I, I found like just fascinating. Um, when when we moved to Android, as, as I said, we, the team sort of began in a different part of the company. We moved over to Android, and what we learned is that the the Android platform is really thinking about the the Android ecosystem and how do they build something that works for like all the Android phones and not just the ones that that Google controls or the Google ships. And so when they think about like adding an API. They're not just thinking about how can this help like the nearby team. They're thinking about like how is this going to fit in the overall ecosystem, and so it really sets a high bar for uh, what requests are are going to make it through. They have to be like really thoughtful and things that are going to like you know add a lot of value to to lots of teams, and so you know learning about uh, you know how Google thinks about that has been like a lot of fun for us. It's really like opened our eyes to like the, the broader uh, ecosystem. Yeah, and and the flip side of that is is also we don't really we don't get preferential treatment as Google within Android. Uh, the goal of Android is really to to be as open as and, and as customizable to to different people as possible. So definitely, Google is seen as as yet another client 
uh, of of the Android ecosystem. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I wasn't saying it so uh, concisely, <laughs> but what, you know, when I go to the Android platform team and I say, you know, it'd really be great if you would like treat us specially and let us do this thing. Um, <laughs> they don't quite roll their eyes, but uh, I do not get what I want. Oh, we, like, we've been laughed out of. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> saying that will get you when you get you laughed out of a meeting with yeah. Android. I mean, they're all like. Um, you know, they're all great people. They really know their stuff. And it's been like a process of like us getting educated about like these other concerns that we hadn't really thought about before. Yeah. I, I, the product is really better for it, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and I if mean, you don't you agree, there's to... some people in the background that are just like, yeah. <laughs> 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 just off camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, we just lost your recording <laughs> and your audio. <laughs> Welcome no, to the there, Google there uh, Roof that... Barbecue team. Uh, but like to, to Andy's point, though, there like there are things where we can make a reasonable case and say like you know this really is like a legitimate platform for people that lots of people will benefit from, um, and so like one one example of that is, and I, I think this is available in the the Android M developer docs. Uh, I'll, I'll go out on a, on, a, on a limb here a, a little bit. So in uh, there's like a you know a new BLE like API that was introduced in Android L, and in Android M there was sort of like one additional feature where you could benefit from certain features of the hardware to get a callback when a, uh, an advertisement sighting is lost. It's called like on lost, and uh, you know that was something where we said you know we could like save some battery and like this would be a lot better for us if we could leverage this and we know the chipsets support it and other people will benefit also. And like that's the kind of conversation we can have where um, the platform team like says like yep that's this is this is a win for everyone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if you're, I mean, we talked about the short term a lot and what's going to happen. If you could magically look out two years from now, where where do you kind of see nearby going? Like without obviously without revealing any internal stuff that you happen to be working on, unless you want to, you know, you're, you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, there's people just off camera. <laughs> <laughs> So I think there's uh, like I'll, I'll speak a little bit broadly. So there's there's like a lot of possibilities. I think that if we if we think about uh, how we do work right now, we sort of like do it on one device, like and then like we sort of struggle to like move over to another device. I, I think in general we can do better at um, leveraging multiple devices. Like that's that's something that I believe like pretty fundamentally. And the other thing that I believe is that there are going to be more devices around us, the more smart devices. Uh, and they're going to be connected you know, to the internet or via like BLE or Zigbee or something, and they're going to have sensors on them. And in a lot of times, I think we'll interact with them either through our watches or our phones. And, and we'll, proximity is going to be a big part of that. Uh, so that's so like thinking about the space very generally, um, yeah, proximity is important to like how we interact with these things. Like a phone has a fundamental, like just a, a limited input surface. And if it could understand more about the sort of context that you're in, it could provide like better input controls to make it easier to like interact with the things on the phone and what's around you as a part of that context. And so we want to like really um, take a good swing at that problem. Yeah. And, and just, just to riff on the, that context a little more, like sort of with like GPS and using location on your phone as an example of how, you know, your phone knows where you are. So it can show you places to eat near you or, or even a simple example being screen orientation. When you flip your phone into landscape, things turn over automatically and it just makes the experience more seamless. Uh, so kind of we're, we're always interested in ways we can, because your phone is so small, uh, we have to rely on sensors and, and be as smart as we possibly can. Uh, to to make experiences better using stuff that isn't always explicitly typed in by users with their thumbs on a on a tiny keyboard, uh, so you know near, nearby is just another one of those signals that we're really introducing into the platform that we think it's going to make a lot easier to just start these like off the cuff real time collaborations between people, uh, you know, and 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 also you know in terms of themes going forward, you know people. It's a horrible buzzword, and I hate to use it, but like you know, people always talk about the Internet of Things, uh, and kind oh, you of mean IoT, IoT, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but but basically, you know how everything is becoming connected. Every everything's becoming smarter, and and kind of the, you know, I think it's reasonable to say proximity is going to be a huge part of that, and you should just be able to go up and walk to something and use it uh, because you're near it, and uh, you know the, that's kind of the vision that we see for the team and and the stuff that we want to power. I was looking at there's a uh, there's this crazy like crazy cool uh, product being developed called the June Oven, 
and it's a smart oven. And it's, <laughs> it is that. the smartest oven that you can imagine. Like, <laughs> it is unbelievable how much intelligence they put into an oven. And, you know, if, if, the, if the mode of interacting with it with your phone is that you, like, pick out your phone and you, like, launch the Juno of an app and, like, you open the hamburger menu and then you do the right thing, like, that's, that's a little bit clumsy. If we could somehow, like, make that simpler by – if we had some understanding of, like, oh, you're near the oven, like, maybe we can do something smart. Like, that would be cool, right? We don't want it to be – because we're sort of competing with, like, the knobs and the dials on the oven itself. Uh, and if we're – you know, if we're worse than that, then – you might as well have a dumb oven. Yeah, I have that with some uh, – I've got smart light bulbs in my house, and they're really cool. Like, you show them off to people who are like, look, green, yellow, blue, isn't that amazing, party mode. <laughs> but then you find, oh, I want to turn on the light. Okay, unlock my phone, go to the app, tap this, and it's like right. now I've taken four taps to do what I can just do with one little flick, like, on the wall. So, yeah, you definitely want to, to get that right. Yeah. I think what you should do, Russell, is build build a light switch app uh, for for a tablet, and then mount the tablet to your wall. That's <laughs> well, the next logical step. I just got to cut a big hole. In the wall. Per, per, perhaps even a Nexus device? Are you suggesting? <laughs> I'll put that away. Yeah, Actually, Nexus you can't bring that out. Yeah, it's it's not out for another few months. <laughs> yeah, unannounced. Well, we got to strike that from the record. There's no Nexus light switch. No Nexus light switch. <laughs> So, I mean, another example, like from my own life, is we have a uh, we've we've got a toddler at home, and we have like sort of a heater that we put in his room when he's uh, sleeping. And I thought, oh, I know, I'll connect the, the like the heater to a smart switch so that I can turn the heater on and then turn it off later when I'm outside the room without actually going in the room and maybe waking him up again. And uh, I thought this was brilliant. And then one day, my wife's in the room and she's like, you know, trying to turn on the heater and she can't turn it on. And the re- reason is that I've turned off the switch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was the end of the smart switch, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's how so many smart things end. You know, the one time they fail catastrophically, you're like, well, I've had enough of this. I'm yeah, excited I'm for the day when I can go to the grocery store and pay using Nearby without having to take my phone or even put my watch on it. That'd be awesome. And then as I'm juggling all the groceries and holding my daughter's hand, my door will just magically unlock because I have Nearby. So... That's that's my magical nearby vision. <laughs> <laughs> you want a part manager to, job? Actually, <laughs> are you hiring? I would like it to work together so closely with Android Wear, where you know it's not only does, is it getting my pulse, but there's also a future version that's getting like my blood pressure and stuff. And now all my home automation stuff goes into okay. We are officially going into do not make Andy go through any crap today. He is not ready to deal with any crap today mode. We're just going to unlock the door. We're just going to turn lights on. We're not even going to ask this time. I know he's told us not to turn them on automatically, but we don't want to get thrown tonight. <laughs> we start filtering out your SMSs that look like they might be stress-inducing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of caps. Tell you what, let's let's decrease let let's increase the temperature of the bedroom so he falls asleep much much faster. <laughs> we need to contain this. Yeah, I don't think that's what what uh, Larry meant when he talked about assistant suggest, but, but yeah, it's another direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's an open platform. That's that's the beauty of it, Andrew. <laughs> so a developer could build that, yes. <laughs> so we, we have one last uh, question for you both, and this is not going to be uh, nearby related. We just want to know how long you've been at Google, and uh, if you could tell us about like your first day at Google and if there's any memorable moments uh, for you since then. Oh, wow. Well, um, so I've been at Google over seven years now, uh, and this is the longest that I've held any job. Uh, I did before this. I did a, just a string of startups, and um, I, I guess there have been so many like learning moments here. I, I think a, a lot of it was I, you know, I come from one startup where I was doing like you know various backend things where you know it was like at scale, and then I, I you know came to Google and we were having some conversation about um, uh, you know how to design some backend system, and the engineer just sort of waved his hands at like oh you know. A thousand queries per second, no problem. And I was just like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean, no problem?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll just like you know use this data center over here, that data center over here." And it was uh, you end up thinking about things uh, a little bit differently. Um, and there's there's just been I've been amazed at how many smart people have taught me so many things while while I'm here. And that's like one of the reasons why you know I'm still here is that I'm still learning from like all these brilliant people who've like you know, solved so many hard problems and are ready to, like, teach us. Yeah, no, I, I've been at Google for uh, four years. Uh, so I started, I actually, before this, I was an engineering intern, uh, but I, I joined full-time through a program called the Associate Product Manager Program. 
and it's for people uh, who are kind of straight out of undergrad or graduate school and want to basically learn the, the ropes of product management. And, and actually, the only requirement is that you, you need a computer science background. Uh, so it was, a, it was a cool opportunity for me. At, at the time, uh, Marissa Meyer was running the program before she uh, went to become the CEO of Yahoo. Uh, so, so one cool experience for me was uh, very early on in at Google, uh, Marissa took us on a trip around the world as product managers. Uh, we went to Tokyo, Shanghai, Jakarta, Sydney, uh, just to <laughs> just awesome. to, and, and this was all within the span of two weeks. So it was actually two weeks where I just went without <laughs> sleeping whatsoever. The only sleep time I got was the flights between those places. Um, can, can I just but, say that uh, you've just you've just beaten the free burritos every lit day for lunch as the <laughs> coolest perk I've heard about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just, just went on a small yeah. road trip with uh, Marissa, you know, to all these different like international locations. No, no, never. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah no it was it was an absolutely amazing trip because like sort of every country we went to you know everyone here is using android or you know a lot of people are using android especially in, in developing markets uh you know and android's huge google's huge and, and and it was just amazing to see how people were using google products how they perceived them how they made it a part of their lives uh and just how much that differed from country to country based on the culture uh, and, and it also, you know, as, as so, someone who's been in the U.S. most of my life, it kind of made me realize, like, how, how big of a, you know, how, you know, everything we build is international and everything we build sort of has an impact uh, above the country that we're in. So things like, like localization and just accessibility and making sure products are usable by everyone, reg- regardless of, of where they're from and what region they're in is just is so important. <laughs> but still not as cool as the, uh, the getting to go on a trip with Marissa Meyer. So... <laughs> Thank you so much, you two, for, for being on. We really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to, to come and join us and tell our listeners, you know, a bit about Nearby, give us, you know, some inside insights. Is there anything you want to plug before we let you go? Like, is there, you know, a website people should go to or a Twitter, Google+, Plus, anything like that? Developers.google.com slash nearby. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a developer, uh, definitely check out the API and uh, we'd, we'd love to see what you build with it. Plus one. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> thanks, guys. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful awesome. being here. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for being our guest. We enjoyed talking to you guys and learning more about the nearby team. Thanks for listening. Uh, Russell, where can people find you? Uh, so as always, you can go to Rusty Shelf on the Twitter or RustyShelf.org if you want to read the, the blog I never write to these days. And Andy, where can people find you? Uh, the choose your own adventure game of finding my stuff is to spell my last name. Do not look into a mirror and say it three times. You merely have to type it once as in the form of either anotco.com or better yet, uh, at anotco on Twitter. And you can find me at, at Yasmin Evian. And you can find us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. And email us some feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. Or visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material Until then, stay in material.